Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm solid to the crack. Never change me and my son of rain. It gets wild when we hang. I'm solid. Could touch the blue part of the The Sports Comedy Podcast that always blames the rest for everything, especially inflation. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Rick Patino's language learning app, Italian in two minutes or less, and checking in with Gene Steratore to see if my friends are mad at me. Big show today with Tyler Santiago of Santiago Sports to help me nerd out on the sports card market and answer some burning questions about the future of the hobby. But first, let's take a March Madness flavored trip through the headlines. Fairly Dickinson became the second ever number 16 seed to beat a number one this past weekend, a move I would call fairly dickish. They outshot the Purdue Boilermakers and neutered 7-4 big man Zach Eady, which you usually can't do without sedative darts and a gigantic net. A 16 beating a one, <laughs> come join us on the couch, said Virginia before realizing they will never be in on the joke. UVA, of course, lost in the first round again, heaving a pass to half court where it was intercepted by Furman and turned into three points. I haven't seen Tony Bennett get outworked this hard since he let Lady Gaga go wild on They Can't Take That Away From Me. The Ivy League's Princeton Tigers also moved on to the Sweet 16, eliminating two-seed Arizona and seven-seed Missouri. And I can't wait to watch Kentucky and Duke fail at replicating whatever secret super smart guy money ball they're using over the next few years. Turns out NIL deals pale in comparison to trust funds. All the Princeton players were like, wait, you guys bought your parents' houses? Other massive upsets this weekend included Kansas falling to Arkansas, Marquette losing to Michigan State, and Rick Pitino falling victim to a big bag of money doing googly eyes and cartoon sex noises. Pitino signed a six-year deal to become the new head coach at St. John's. The 70-year-old coach is right in line with the university's core Roman Catholic values of dying before the sanctions hit. Providence Friars coach Ed Cooley also went behind the program's back and accepted the head job at Georgetown University. Unfortunately, he won't be able to take over until he can lift Patrick Ewing over the desk and out the door. Fans officially learned of Cooley's betrayal when his Rhode Island house was listed on Zillow. Fortunately, they're taking all their frustration out on Nextdoor and looking for a new coach on Raya. Team Japan won their third World Baseball Classic in five tries, defeating Team USA in the final on Tuesday night. The game ended with Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout, which will be a lot more common when Otani signs with the Dodgers after the season. These games were the biggest of Trout's career, and should serve as an inspiration for the next time he makes the playoffs in the Netherlands Professional Baseball League at age 43. Injuries marred the WBC for many, though. Superstar Mets closer Edwin Diaz tore his ACL, celebrating Team Puerto Rico's victory. And Astros second baseman Jose Altuve's thumb was broken by a pitch. But there's no reason to blame the classic for these injuries. They could have happened anywhere. Diaz could have torn his ACL stumbling at spring training, and Altuve's thumb could have been broken by the Gambino crime family. Stop beating the Yankees. Stop doing it. 
and New York Knicks icon Willis Reed passed away at the age of 80. Reed will be remembered for leading the Knicks to a title on a torn thigh muscle in Game 7, which is almost impossible to believe, considering we could have sworn the last surviving Knicks champion died in, like, 1934. And now, Tyler Santiago of Santiago Sports talks you and me through the changing hobby of sports card collecting, how should you build your collection, what's coming soon, and how did he get started, and how you can too. The answer's right now. Oh, and also the Jason he mentions a couple times is our mutual friend, Jason Tyler, the Senior Vice President of Global Communications and Brand at Special Olympics. Shout out to Jason for hooking up this interview too. Let's do it. Tyler Santiago, uh, thank you so much for joining. And I am, uh, I'm excited to break down this uh, collectibles market with you. Um, I am an obsessive collector but not quite an open up your store level collector. So you've got that on me. Um, but first, I'd love to know a little bit more about Santiago Sports and you know how this, how did this become a business? How have things been growing for you lately? And I assume I'm correct in assuming this is a passion, right? Like something you grew up with that you're channeling into your job now. Hundred percent. So uh, Santiago Sports is a you know sports cards and collectible store. We we focus my, mainly on sports cards breaks, and we travel the country going to all different kinds of shows. Uh, we produce a lot of content, you know, short form for TikTok, Instagram, and all those kind of things. And then we also do YouTube as well. We have our long form videos on there. Um, uh, we've been open going on three years in September now. Um, it's, it's been crazy as Jason can attest to, we, we were in a smaller spot that was less than a thousand square feet. And now we're in a 2000 square foot space. Uh, on top of that, I partnered with someone else and we opened a second store, um, in South Jersey and Collingswood, right outside of Philly main store that I'm at right now is in Matawan, central Jersey, basically started the Jersey shore. But yeah, we, we, we do it all. I love this stuff. I've been doing it my whole life and I always knew I was going to do it. I'm 25. I graduated from Rutgers in 2020. I had an opportunity to open store, open a store out in Philly uh, right after, actually before I even graduated. COVID hit, all that nonsense. And I was like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to open my own store because that didn't work out in the middle of the pandemic a lot earlier than I thought. And here we are, you know, almost three, yeah, three years later, literally. And now you've got another space too. I mean, that's that's awesome. Uh, I I spoke to Jason a little bit. He said that your brothers are also involved in in the business. Is that is that true? Yeah. So I have a twin brother, uh, Orv Eternal. He's actually out here. We're running a break today. Today's Prism NFL release day. Let's go. And we also have another Bowman baseball mixer going on. But my twin brother, he runs the breaks for the most part. And then I have another brother uh, who works at the shop on the weekends and stuff when he's not you know busy. Is he younger? The the third brother. Yeah, he's uh, 17 or yeah, I think he's yeah, we're seven. Years. Yeah, so he's 17. He turns 18 in May. When all three of you guys are in the office, do you, like your childhood card collecting rivalries come out at all? Like, do you alpha him a little bit or is it does everybody know where everybody stands? So Ryan, the youngest brother, is not really too into it, but he, he like kind of learns from us. Um, I was kind of shocked because our dad obviously got me and my brother into it. And he never like took like a big interest into it. He's in other things. It's all that's fine. <laughs> but my brother, uh, he's a 49ers and Red Sox fan. So we don't collide too much in the world in the way of that, because I'm, I'm an all Detroit sports fan, as you can tell. Pistons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we definitely like get some cards here and there and like taunt each other with them. 
do your fandoms apply in your collection? Like, do you seek out the lions and tigers? Are you just sort of looking for money-making opportunities or just like jaw-dropping cards in general when you collect? Um, I collect, uh, yeah, a lot of lions, tigers, pistons. I'm not so big into hockey, but I do have a little like hockey stuff. Can't go wrong, like Steve Yeiserman or Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe, but I mean, I keep way too much, honestly, and I've been trying to cut back on keeping <laughs> stuff because J- Jason will see like stuff that I pick up, like I'll post it, and he'll be like, he'll be like, "Is this available yet?" And I'll be like, "Nah, I think I'm gonna keep it for a little bit. Like, I'll sell stuff when I want to sell it." But um, for the most part, I do buy just about anything that I think I can make some money on, like big names, cool cards, stuff like that. I also have a great customer base to where I kind of know what to buy for them, what they're looking for. So like I literally I specifically buy cards just for Jason. His Raiders, granted the whole team's almost gone now, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely do I buy just about anything if it's for the right price. When you mentioned that you're trying to cut down on keeping, I lowered the volumes that my wife couldn't hear you say that you're doing that. So uh yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um looking through your Instagram, you know, it's very obvious that you have some sort of incredible relationships already in this industry. Like you you posted the other week that you ran into Mac McClung. I know that you have a relationship with Max Crosby. Who are sort of the people that this industry has connected you with that have meant the most and had the most impact on you? Um there, there there's definitely a lot out there. Uh I would pe- probably people that people don't even know. Like I've had the opportunity to meet some a lot of famous people that like people dream of meeting. Like I made a deal with Mike Trout. I literally made a deal with Mike Trout for granted it wasn't the best deal. It, oh my god, it was for a Trey Lance one one rookie uh, camo auto from uh, the National Pack. So I flew out to LA and I got to meet Trout, go on the field. He followed me on. He still follows me on Instagram. I mean, it's Mr. USA right there. So that that one I'm pretty blessed for because, I mean, that's the best baseball player that I've ever seen for the most part. And uh, he's also a Jersey guy, so that hits, that hits a little different. Um, other than that, I think I got to meet Michael Rubin this weekend, and that's, like, next level for me because in terms of, like, entrepreneurship and just, like, his passion for, like, I, I don't think he knows everything. I don't think he knows exactly what goes into, like, what we do. But – he's there on the front lines learning from the people that are doing it and taking an interest and listening and, and soaking everything in, not just a typical shark in the water, you know, millionaire that's billionaire. That's just looking into, you know, making some money. Like he wants to hear what the people want. Like at the end of the day, this industry is really based off like the consumers and the customers. So those are two of the the best people I've ever met. I would say speaking of Ruben specifically, I saw you at the tops transcendent release party. And so that like, I I was wondering about the relationship that, that you have the dealers in general sort of have distributors have with tops at this point. Like what, have you noticed anything changing since the acquisition or is that still just like, uh, you know, that that's always, it still feels like it's always going to be the go-to to me. So, and, and based on what you're saying, about Michael, it, it sounds like it's maybe healthier or at least as healthy as it used to be. Yeah, I, I definitely think things are going in the right way. I feel like they've only been what they've only had tops or, or so for about a year now. So like you can't expect things to happen overnight. And I wouldn't say a ton has even happened over the last year that like people would know about. There's definitely things but, like people don't look too deep into it. It's basically it's hard to keep everyone happy or make everyone happy. I think that's what people forget. Like no one's ever going to be happy. Someone's always going to be complaining. It's just going to happen. It's just the way life is. 
Um, but a lot of the things that he's doing and going to do and the things that he says he's going to do, I really do believe it's going to happen. And I, I believe him and, and his team. They've implemented uh, so many things that just give back to like the hobby shops and, and stuff in general. A lot of people in my position a year ago, first off, I didn't have a Topps Direct account. I didn't have a Panini Direct account. I didn't have a Fanatics account. Now I do. I, I feel way safer. And I feel like a lot of the, the older guys, I, I mean, I was the youngest person at that Topps conference. It was, it was nuts. Like everyone else is, a lot of people double my age, 10 years, my senior, whatever. But I don't know. I feel like there's just so much on the way that's just going to change things and be good for everyone, not just the shops, but the consumers, the buyers, the dealers, uh, distributors, unfortunately, going to get cut out, I think. But mm-hmm. eh, what it seems. Are there any tops products, uh, things that you've heard about, or <laughs> nothing secret, but things that are sort of publicly available that particularly excite you for, for this year and for the next couple of years? Um, so my favorite product is tops, Christine baseball. And eventually, hopefully when they get the other licenses, they'll make that again for the other sports because tops, Christine came around and I think 2002 or Oh three, it was made until Oh five. It's like three or four years of tops, Christine. And I remember going to shows as a kid and I couldn't afford to open a box. So I had these guys who didn't really care and open the boxes would throw the base cards in like the 10 cent box. And back then people looked like to look at a Beckett. Beckett was relevant. Now it's not. But those cards are booked from a dollar or like $2 for a common card. So I buy them for 10 cents, flip them for a dollar or two, and I feel great about myself. So Tops 2023, uh, Tops Christine 2023, I'm looking forward to because I talked to some guys from uh, from Tops and they have an office in the city. And when that releases, we're going to do a pre-release. I'm going to go to the office and I'm going to break Tops at Tops HQ with Fanatics, Tops employees. And I, I feel like that's going to be awesome. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And another thing about that Tops conference, they had a, a break se- a breakdown session where you can go ask, you know, go sit down, talk to the people that make the products, have, you know, creative ideas and, and actually, you know, put forward these ideas. It was really cool because Clay Larashi, who's like their VP of like design and everything, um, he's been there a while and I didn't really know that. Um, we talked, I talked about a product that I loved from when I was a kid and Jason probably remembers this too. It's called... Uh, tops all-time fan favorites it was made in like 02 03 04 something like that and they had a raider set and they have all the old raiders they have the mean uh the per- mean purple people eaters for the the vikings and they had the steel curtain and he goes you know what i was thinking about that he goes i i was in charge of that product you know almost 20 years ago like yeah, it'd be great to bring back so it's just like cool to hear all these things and and stuff that can go into motion because they want what the people want eventually that's awesome. So. I, I remember pristine favorably too. And and all-time fan favorites. That's incredible to hear. Um, as someone who I feel like I've been locked in to an extent, but but when you mentioned something like that, that that went away 18 years ago, I'm like, oh yeah. right, right. Like I'm not so locked in that I'm like keeping track of when pristine disappeared. Like I would have said like eleven or twelve, but that's that's <laughs> awesome. Um mm-hmm. and when when is that uh when are you going on site to do that break? Uh, well, the, there's still, unfortunately, some 2022 products coming out, even though 2023 series one just came out. Like yeah. it's only, left. I think it's like dynasty. It's like the high end stuff, dynasty and transcendent. So pristine, I would assume, uh, I talked to my guy, shout out Ryan Hickey. He's the designer for that set. Great guy works for tops, been there a while. Um, I think it comes out 
probably around the national a little after he was saying, but now it's tentative. A lot of this stuff gets moved back. So around then, it's not not anytime soon, but it'll 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 be here before you know it. Amazing. Um, just so that we can sort of lay it out for the people who might be listening who don't know quite as much about you know what's gone on in this industry lately. Um, there you mentioned Panini and having a direct line to them as well. They put out you know, the hottest. Uh, football, basketball products, the baseball products they do are still unlicensed. So, you, you, you know, instead of collecting an Anthony Volpe Yankees card, it's like an Anthony Volpe New York AL card. Um, yeah. Top still has that market. Um, do you think that that's going to remain the case where Tops is sort of the only licensed baseball brand and and Panini remains, you know, unlike do, do you think there might even be a third party that could compete someday or or is this probably the landscape? Well, I feel, I feel like Fanatics is kind of creating a monopoly yeah. on sports and like it's an unregulated industry. So like, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> they're going to buy Panini eventually. It's been the rumor forever. I mean, Panini really just at this point, I just feel like has no choice. They're losing all the licenses anyway. So why not get what you can? And, and the cool thing about it is Tops operates under the Fanatics umbrella just as they used to. And it's getting the way they operate is getting better. Everything's being streamlined. It's a little more direct to the people and it's not as unorganized. And I think the same thing is going to happen with Panini, who I think is organized a little bit better than tops was, even though tops is getting better, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's going to change as far as third party. No, I don't think anybody's going to be able to beat like you got leaf, but like they're unlicensed and some of their cards are not that nice. Like they make some nice stuff, but some of them are just like, I don't know. just slap a sticker on a card, call it a day. <laughs> That's a, nothing on card. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything really too on card with Leaf, but yeah, they're going to, it's going to be fun to see what happens. It's going to happen. They're going to buy Panini eventually. Having a versatile, high quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cool. That is, I, I did not know that. That That's awesome. That's much better. I'm, I'm sick of the unlicensed stuff. I can't lie to you. Yeah. You got about three, three more years, four more years of like unlicensed baseball from Panini. I think they're, uh, it's, it's going to change. Cool. I don't do like people are like oh we want tops chrome basketball well you got to wait until you know they get the license back in a few years so we'll see cool great to know um well we're entering baseball season i would be remiss if i didn't touch on the prospect space right now and and sort of what names you're seeing in the market that are heating up um i'll also caveat this by saying i'm a huge corbin carroll guy so if you don't believe in him, then I'm going to have to probably adjust my collection significantly. But who are uh, who are who are the big risers who you're seeing and the most in demand names in terms of MLB prospects right now before the season? 
it's funny because I actually have some stuff in front of me that I'm going to be grading or just picked up. So got to go with like some guys in, in the new draft. Jackson Holiday. Yeah. People, everybody wants his stuff. Everybody's ripping the Bowman draft. Elijah Green for the Nationals is up there. Um, Ellie De La Cruz, who had a crazy spring last year and is doing pretty well this season. Um, people are looking for him. Rutschman. Uh, didn't he win Rookie of the Year? Or am I? No, who won Rookie of the Year in the AL? I forget who won in the AL. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know Michael Harris in the NL. But Adley Rutschman is another guy. The Orioles are going to shock some people. They had a good record last year. They were they were above 500. And then the biggest sleeper that nobody knew about, I would say like eight months ago, Oscar Colas for the White Sox. He was dirt cheap. My brother pulled one of his cards in a pack and goes, wow, he looked at his stats and he started following him. And he was like killing it in double and triple A last year. And he's doing well in spring training. He's probably going to be their starting left fielder or right fielder, whatever they decide to do. So Oscar Colas, I think, is the biggest sleeper, even though people are starting to figure out about him. So those are some guys that I like. Yeah, I like those guys too. Um, have you, speaking of Colas, like you mentioned, uh, pulling one early and getting in on the ground floor and sort of following him before anybody noticed, are there any names that stand out to you as, players you've done that with in the past where you're like first in line. And then all of a sudden you look back a couple years later and you're like, this is the smartest investment I've ever made. Like I'm a genius. Um, I didn't have too much of Soto, but I was buying his stuff because it was, it was really, really cheap. Like his Bowman Chrome models and everything. And those exploded. Uh, Pete Alonzo was another one. I was, his autographs were like Bowman Chrome models were like 15, 20 bucks. I was buying them up for anywhere near that. I had like 10 or 15 at one point. Probably sold them a little too early, even though I made like a hundred bucks a piece on them. But uh, those those are two guys that stand out to me. I was always Noah Syndergaard's one of my biggest uh, PCs, one of my biggest personal collections. Still have a ton of his stuff. I sold a little bit, but his stuff's not worth what it used to be. But I have a ton of Noah Syndergaard. I lo- I always loved him. He's he, he was a great pitcher. Hopefully his velocity's back up. So yeah, those are some guys that I. And if I anybody's gonna get the velocity back up, it's the Dodgers probably. I mean, I think that was best case scenario going out there to LA. Everyone seems to have a revival out there. Yeah. Now he's in a bigger market again. So yeah, hold on to the ones you still got, I guess. Um, I got to ask about sort of the football basketball space too, because I, I got to admit, I'm a baseball guy. I don't totally know how that space works. And it scares me because the high dollar value of those cards just feels like it's like the $700, $800 boxes. Like I can't get in on the ground floor. Um, and it's only getting crazier. It feels like with Wembanyama around the corner. Like, what are you seeing in the basketball space in anticipation of this all-time draft? Him, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. Like, is everybody battening down the hatches a little bit? Um, I feel like the next class is definitely gonna, you know, hopefully the Pistons or they're tanking right now. They lost, they lost fourteen of fifteen, I think. Um, they won on three-one three day. Had to, had to for Detroit, but uh, this I don't know this year with Chet Holmgren being out and everything, I don't know, the wax is like kind of finicky, like it comes out hot and then it dips a little bit. Like I haven't seen anything from the last. Well, granted, it's only Don Russ and Hoops that have been out. Um, they've kind of like stayed the same and dropped a little bit. But as far as like last year, like Cade, Jalen Green, that wax like took a tremendous hit for the most part. Um, so like. It's better, I would say, like the the market wise for some of that stuff. But it's hard to pull a card. Like if you're pulling a, a Cade Cunningham auto and you're not even making back, you know, 
your money on the box sometimes. So next year at Wembenyama is going to be different. I think it's going to be the biggest thing since Zion. I mean, Zion kind of changed the card market a little bit. I don't – if the Pistons get him, great. But I don't think he's like all that. I just don't think he has the body. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's definitely scary, and it remains an unknown. But that's interesting. That's it's good to know on the wax. Maybe it's maybe it's time for me to get acquainted again. Um, when you break high dollar, uh, and you're on camera and you're going live, like, how do you get over that fear that you're gonna, you know, like, how do you stay careful with super high dollar when you're breaking? Because I would be freaking out the whole time about corners and all the little <laughs> finicky stuff. Uh. I don't know. You kind of get used to it, I guess. Um, they're just opening these packs. And like, I, I'm looking, I got like some empty national treasures boxes on my table. They put them in the little box. You take it out. What I do is you just put it down one by one, pick it up right to the, you know, the break assistant and sleeve it and whatever. Um, just got to be careful, do it slow and make sure people see the card and everything. Cause a lot of this stuff too, like the thicker the card, the more uh, difficult it is to keep it in pristine shape. Cause edges corners all that a lot of them come out of the pack messed up because got to think if they're on card autos a lot of these these people are, or a lot of these athletes are signing the cards and just slide them over the table the corner could ding into another card or a box or who knows what but i don't know it's is what it is sometimes super nerd question do you have a favorite kind of case because i feel like everybody maybe does i do like case of cards or no, like a case to put a card in, like a protective case. I like I like the big snap. I can't lie to you. The big, like, the magnetic? Magnetic or... snap. Magnetic snap always makes card look more appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have a thing where, like, I just, I just, I've been into it too long where, like, it's hard for me to put a card that isn't worth more than, like, a hundred bucks, but it has, like, a really sick, nasty, or, like, it's a thick card, put it in a uh, magnetic holder. But, yeah, I would... I would go with that. I have some people come in and sell me cards and like the screw down, like massive. I'm trying to see if I have one here. Massive screw down. That's like a brick. It's like this thick. Yeah, def definitely the magnetic for, for most stuff. Yeah, I, I can't lie. I love those. Um, I I'll wrap up. Have you seen the hobby getting younger again in general? Because I, I feel like it shows I've been to recently. There, there are kids roaming, selling high dollar stuff, and I'm always sort of inspired because it feels like we're we're getting back to where we should be. Have you noticed that too? Yeah, uh, definitely a lot more kids into the hobby, and that has to do with their parents. Like, if you're not, if you're not reaching out, like for example, Mike Rubin wants to get into, um, you know, promoting. He goes, we haven't, you know, promoted this industry. We haven't done any advertising, and now we're going to do that. Nobody's ever advertised it before. So if you can get the parents to see it and have them want to get their kids into something else, then I'm, I'm all for it. I do think there's more kids getting into it. And I think one of the things I talked about at the Tops conference, and I, I, this is before I even knew about it, was getting having a partnership with Little League and getting packed and whatever into kids' hands. Because, I mean, think about it. You got like 300, two to 400 kids a league. And if you can get a pack of cards in their hand, get a few of them, you know, partner with the the local LCS, which is what I did with uh, – old bridge little league i have a sign out there and i have i'm making goodie bags on my dollar to hand out to all the kids on i'm sponsoring a team and then whatever is left over i'm going to try and give out to the rest of the league you know people can come get it but you got to start somehow get those kids interested get the parents interested and make them see a value in it 
because I mean, there's a lot different, like a lot worse things that kids could be getting into video, like video games aren't bad, but like something that they can take an interest in to where, all right, you know, like I forgot about my cards, you know, I'm eight years old. I come back when I'm 12, 13, I have an Adley Rutschman. He won three MVPs, you know, it's 2027. And now his cards worth like 50 bucks. Wow. I'm making money off this. Like, you know, the older kids get, they're going to be like, all right, there, there might be money in this. And this is something I can do and turn this into like a hustle. Like, I don't know. The the world works in funny ways. And I think there's so many opportunities for kids just to be into the hobby and then use that hobby to learn entrepreneurship and turn it into a business. So many opportunities there. And what's one lesson that you would give to somebody who's looking to get in on the ground floor and sort of start investing safely? Uh, I would say start off with buying what you'd like. Um, not always is that the best advice, but I feel like you can't really go wrong if you're if you're a Yankees fan and you're buying, you know, Aaron Judge stuff and you're like, all right, I like this guy. And you're like, all right, he's, he's doing really well. Like it might be worth some money. I can sell it and, and do something with that. But I feel like not only buy what you like, but buy what you know. You might not like, you know, Rafael Devers on the Red Sox, but you know he's a great player and he's going to hit 30 home runs, 100 RBIs. He's going to be an all-star. Probably buy him before the season and uh, make make some money off that. Oh, did I lose? Am I still there? But yeah, I don't know. There's There's different ways. Just buy what you know, for sure. Sometimes I specifically buy who I hate so that I know I can get rid of it easier, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, I, I hate the Yankees. Jason knows that. So uh, <laughs> problem buying the Yankees and selling them all. Well, Tyler, thanks so much for talking to me, man. And maybe I'll come to you for some Yankee stuff too. Anything that Jason passes on, maybe in a, low, in a smaller pool, I can come grab up. Yeah, no worries. I know exactly what Jason's like, what Jason likes. So uh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, man. Tyler Santiago, everybody. Follow Santiago Sports on Instagram at Santiago underscore sports underscore. As long as you don't take any of my Spencer Jones Prism Auto. I'm buying. I'm very much buying. And now, my final fling. This year's NCAA tournament was littered with has been, never was it, 24-year-olds and murder accomplices. But still, somewhere in this all-too-familiar spectacle, magic emerged. And sitting down to call that magic for the final time is broadcasting legend Jim Nance, which is bittersweet news for anyone not named Kevin Harlan, as well as me. Yes, I too am throwing my hat in the ring for Nance's number one spot. But even before I was very much in the running, second behind Harlan without a doubt in my mind, I didn't care for Nance's trademark smarm and reverence for... Ugh, our rivalry goes way back to my time in broadcasting school during my sophomore seminar five years ago. Yes, I'm 24. Nance was a guest lecturer, and I was but a greenhorn with a fountain pen and a dream, and I was also asleep in the fourth row. During a particularly ribald 28-minute anecdote about why Patrick Reed doesn't care for the salad bar, Nance turned his steely glare my way and deadpanned, are we boring you? Friend, needless to say, my class erupted in laughter. From my running mate, Danny Barber, to my crush, Nancy Tankersley, to my enemy, Tanner Portal, to my other enemies who lived in Enemy House on Dead Man's Curse. Briefly, I felt as if I may need to transfer. 
My heart fluttered as if jump-started by a bad battery. My ears flushed like a turbo toilet. My lip quivered like a faulty turbo toilet. But then to the rescue came Nancy Tankersley, my crush from the previous list. She conked Tanner Portal's head into the heads of the other enemies in Enemy House, making a tremendous thud that was reportedly the inspiration for Mike Breen's signature call, Bang. Breen, of course, was also in my class and is also 24. Long story short, the long version of this story goes the full 28 minutes and includes all the Patrick Reed tidbits, not a lettuce fan. But the abridged version shows why and how names became such a venerated class act. Oh, wait, no it doesn't. It paints him as a bore and a poor mentor to people who fall asleep on it. Best of luck to a broadcasting legend, Kevin Harlan. We could all use a change. That's it. My thanks to Tyler Santiago, and I'll see you in two weeks. Go Creighton Blue Jays. Still relevant. Still in this game. The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.